This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. What happens when you bring two high-powered and amazing people together as husband and wife? God lights a brighter fire in the world for his purposes. Today, Todd Isburner and his wife, Wendy Pett, join me to share what they are doing in their own marriage and in their joint ministry to empower other married couples. You met Todd Isburner last time. However, you did not yet meet his wife, Wendy Pett. So let me tell you first about her. For over two decades, Wendy Pett has been motivating people to make fitness and good nutrition part of their daily routine. She teaches the balance of mind, body, and spirit through her Visibly Fit wellness program. Wendy has a nationally syndicated television program that airs each week on the NRB network, Liftable TV, WL. CN, and IBN Television. It has aired for over nine years. Her television show also appears weekly on the Life Network for Women app. For over eight years, she's been known as Coach Wendy on KTIS Radio in the Twin Cities with her featured Healthy Tips segments. Wendy is also a featured columnist in VegWorld Magazine, The Christian View, Best Ever You, Refreshed, Vegan Lifestyle, and Diet.com. Wendy has two podcasts, Visibly Fit. That one won Best Lifestyle Podcast in 2021 by Spark Media and Your Biggest Breakthrough with her husband, Todd. Wendy is a full-time business owner, a naturopathic doctor, wife, mother, author, speaker, TV host, advisory board member for Christian Women in Media, and part-time volunteer. Her business consists of whole food, plant-based, wellness coaching, emotional healing, personal online training, fitness planning, educational and motivational speaking, and creating new products and tools to assist clients along their wellness journey. After a major injury to her shoulder, she resorted to body weight resistance exercises for strength and healing and hasn't turned back to any other form of training since that time. She has helped countless others reach their fitness goals without ever compromising their joints, tendons, or ligaments, teaching that your body is your gym and instilling new diet habits that have been shown to reverse multiple diseases and allow people to get off medications. So that's a wonderful legacy that Wendy has in fitness and just life health in general. Now, last time we learned about her husband, Todd Isburner, though I want to recap his bio also. Todd Isburner was founder and president of Share Media Services, a fundraising consulting company 
working with Christian Radio as well as humanitarian faith-based ministries. With over four decades of experience, Todd became the leading expert in Christian broadcast fundraising, both domestically and internationally, raising over $2 billion for media and nonprofit ministries. Now retired from fundraising, Todd devotes his time to mentoring men along their journey of faith. He is author of the book, What Every Man Needs to Know, How to Master Faith, Family, Fitness, and Finances. Welcome back, Todd and Wendy. Welcome to you for your first time on The Voice of Leadership and to Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. I'm delighted to have you both with me here today as you are truly a power couple. Well, we are blessed to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Dr. Karen. When you were looking at her bio, I'm thinking, I'm married to her? I'm thinking I need to shorten that bio. Oh, man. Well, you know... There are people who don't know you yet, and they are getting to know you, and that bio captures a lot of powerful information. And yes, Todd, listening to it, you are a blessed man. <laughs> God Big amen on you. that one. And yeah. ditto, yes. ditto. A blessed so, woman. A blessed woman. And that's how it should be, blessed in both directions. That's a wonderful way to look at it. So thank you both for saying that as well. So I know last time we had an opportunity to get to know a lot about Todd and his backstory and what he's doing independently, if you will, not really independently, because we know you're in joint ministry no matter what. However, you know, Wendy, I want to start with you so we get a little bit more about your backstory, at least, and what you're doing to make a difference in the lives of other people. So first, let me ask you, Wendy, tell us about your journey to this mind, body, and spirit connection, and particularly through healthy food, fitness, and lifestyle. How did you get started on that journey? That could be a loaded question with a loaded answer, but I'll do my best to keep it short. I've always been a student of physical culture. I taught aerobics when, uh, you know, leg warmers and headbands were cool back in the day to American Airlines Institute and uh, different uh, large organizations like that. And over the time, I just fell into different ways of, of teaching about fitness. And of course, nutrition is a part of being healthy. But in particular with what I teach today, I was actually in a snowmobile accident and was going about 55 miles an hour up here in Minnesota where we live. And this is uh, about almost 20 years ago, and I hit a snow-covered culvert and got off of the, uh, or excuse me, I got off of the trail I was on and hit a snow-covered culvert, which led me and flew me through the sled, and I hit a tree going, you know, 55 miles an hour, knocked unconscious. When I came to, went to the emergency room, and basically I broke my clavicle, tore a bunch of shoulder muscles, and eventually went to an orthopedic surgeon after that, and they wanted to do surgery on my shoulder. Well, I was a little stubborn, and I don't know if Todd would agree with me on that as far as being stubborn, but I believe that our bodies are meant to um, heal themselves if if they're given the right protocol and tools, not in every case, but I'm a little stubborn and wanted to do natural modalities to heal. And so I really helped to rehab my shoulder by doing the exercises that I teach. And the orthopedic surgeon was actually shocked that I didn't um, have to have the surgery over time because I said, you know, give me some time, I'll come back to you. And he was shocked at how quickly I healed. And so that really opened up the door to me writing books and helping others to prevent injury and to recover from injury. So it's amazing how uh, a 
a quote unquote accident can be a way to propel you to your destiny. And um, I just feel grateful, I'm great, grateful to be alive, but grateful to have a message and to have healed my body naturally and to help others along their journey to do the same. That is a very profound story. And in fact, I'm struck by the whole notion of what you're talking about, the body being able to heal itself. I very much believe in that as well. And I think about, you know, the Bible verse that talks about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And when we think about how God is already knows how we're put together before we even get here, and he's put us down here on earth with all kinds of natural resources that we can even use to facilitate and augment that healing. So in your case, since you avoided surgery, how long did it take you to actually recover from this shoulder injury, which sounds pretty severe. I knew you had an injury, but I didn't know it was quite that bad. And of course, I'm sure your doctor was shocked that you did not need surgery. How long did that take? It was really about two and a half to three months of persistence. Basically, physical therapy is what I was doing to myself, is, is moving isometrics and static contractions and that kind of thing to work to um, really heal the injury, build up the muscle around the, the injury, and to allow it time to heal. So often, we are a quick-fix society, and we are wanting to just get the quick, rapid surgery so that we can be better in no time. And really, uh, there's something to be said about allowing your body to heal naturally if it's a possibility. Again, not every situation allows you to do that. You will have to have surgery in some cases, but in this situation, I really wanted my body to heal. It's been really stronger than ever. I mean, it's been almost 20 years and I haven't had an issue since. And again, yes, the orthopedic surgeon was shocked that um, I was able to heal my body naturally because most people, again, want that quick fix and will go after the, the surgery solution, but that's not always the, the right path. You know, it's very interesting because when we talk about a quick fix for an injury of that magnitude, two to three months of healing is really not a long time at all. Mm -mm. I mean, really, that's pretty fast. And it's pretty amazing that working isometrically with your own body, you could get those results, which makes me think about in the bio when we talked about your body as like this total gym. Talk about that a little bit, how the body is this gym by itself, where you might not even need equipment in so many cases. Yeah, actually, uh, I really teach people that they don't need equipment, that your body is your gym, because first of all, God created us with such an incredible mind that we can actually envision weights without actually lifting weights. So for instance, if you were going to do a bicep curl and you imagined having a barbell in your hand and you imagined the weight in your hand, even though it's not there, you will still be able to lift that weight, but it doesn't put the wear and tear on your joints, tendons, or ligaments. You're going to be able to build strength and shed fat um, and build muscle without, again, that, that pressure and that stress on the body. And the stronger you become, the more you can quote unquote lift. But again, it takes that mind muscle connection to really go through the movements in the right way in order to, you know, heal the body and also to become stronger. You can't just go through the movements like they're stretches. You have to really maximize that mind muscle connection. And it takes practice just like anything, but it's powerful. In fact, Todd has done my exercises multiple times and that's um, part of our story that we'll talk about in a little bit of how we met. But it's it's one of those things, it's almost like, really, that seems too easy or, or, or it's like too good to be true. But really, God did give us everything that we need to be healthy, whole, and complete, including a gym that we can use anywhere, anytime. 
I really love that. And in fact, I'll just confess that this morning I did three of your exercises for the neck and for the arms that you can do from the chair while at the desk, yes. <laughs> not needing anything. And I, I said, oh, this is pretty cool. I love this because I love the idea of, of not having to have equipment, especially since normally I'm traveling a lot. And I don't really have the luxury to carry a lot of equipment with me. So to be able to just use your own body and whatever is right there around you, whether it's a table or a chair is so helpful. So I want to ask this too, Wendy, because you were talking about how that even the mind could just imagine lifting a weight. How does that potentially help people who might be wheelchair bound? Ooh, that's a great question. I have worked with people that are in wheelchair bound or those that have had issues where they've been injured and are trying to rehab and and literally uh, walk again. I have worked with people. So the power of the mind is vital. The power of how you're speaking to yourself. Are you speaking life over your, over your life? Or are you speaking death? Because your body will respond according to how you speak over yourself. And so that is also in conjunction with how you are imagining that weight in your hand. If you are really focusing on the muscle that's that's working. It's just like a bodybuilder on stage when they're doing their flexes and poses. They're actually doing a really incredible workout as they're going through those isometric flexes and moving isometrics, if you will, which is kind of an oxymoron, but they are getting a great workout. You can do the same with any exercise, with any part of your body that you're wanting to work out. You can get the same um, maximization whenever you're just using your mind, mind to muscle connection. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, as a psychologist, I like the idea of the mind being used in this process as well. So, Wendy, you have a very successful number of media outlets from which you work, including an award-winning podcast. What has made these offerings so successful? What's your secret? Well, I would say that my secret is uh, the grace of God, if you want to know the truth. He's opened the door to every platform and I give them the credit, the glory. It's it's not something that I've done. I, I've definitely taken action and, and I've taken next steps, but he has has opened the doors that, that no man could ever open or close. And I'm just grateful and give him the praise because that's really where, where it's due. Well, that's a wonderful thing to give God the praise because that is certainly where it's due. And I love what you're saying that he's the one that's opening and closing these doors. So you're just seeing them and having the faith to walk through the doors that he opens is what I'm really hearing you say in that. Yeah, 100%. But I'll also say that a psychologist, you'll appreciate this, but there's great power in writing down a vision or writing down your your dreams, writing down what you see. God wants our, our heart's desire, right? And if it's in alignment with his will, then then so be it. But we have to see it. It has to be on paper, whether it's on a vision board or written out so that we can start to visualize it and step into that space and take action. Because sometimes we're so jaded by what other people have told us that we can or cannot do that it keeps us stuck. And so we want to live in an abundance of, of how God has, has designed us to live. And the only way to do that is to really pray, meditate, and to write out that vision and to start walking it out in great faith. Well, God even says that, you know, write the vision and make it plain. And he also talks about the fact that without vision, people perish. perish. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure that that's a very important concept. And I know the verse, every year I sort of give a verse to the year. And this year's verse is when Jesus was talking about how that I have come that they might have life and more abundantly. So that abundance part that you're talking about resonates with me as well. So Wendy, last time we talked to Todd about his role in mentoring men And you also do a lot of work with women as well. Tell us about your work with women. Well, I I love women. I didn't used to. I grew up as a tomboy, and I I never wanted to play with girls, hang out with girls, play with dolls, none of that. I was a big, big tomboy. Well, God... uh, you know, he's got a great sense of humor. And now I work solely with women and I love them. I love seeing them flourish. I love getting them into that place where they have that aha moment and they have breakthroughs where they are literally being healed from the inside out and it's manifesting and how they are showing up and loving themselves healthy and well again, and learning to love their creator uh, in a new way. Because um, so often, women especially, they give themselves to everybody else and then take care of themselves last. And I would say it is not a selfish thing to take care of yourself. It's selfless because when you are healthy, whole, and complete, then you can care for your neighbor as we're called to, right? If you're not, if you're depleted, if you're sick, if you're diseased, you're not going to be able to live to your um, potential to really be all that God has has created you to be. So um, that almost sounds like an army commercial, right? Be all that you are to be. But God really does have a a great big plan on on for on our lives. But it's it's our choice on how we live it and how we uh, decide to take ownership of taking care of ourselves so that we can accomplish the great things he has for us. So I'm just passionate about women getting them to be healthy and how they're fueling their body so that they're getting the right phytonutrients, phytochemicals, they have the great the great nutrients so that they have the energy that they deserve to fulfill that role um, as a woman, as a leader, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a sister, all the things. But also, um, again, so that they can see themselves as God sees them instead of looking at themselves uh, through their own eyes, that they see themselves through God's lenses. You know, you're saying something about when we are whole and when we are fit, we're able to then help the next person, our neighbor. And I was thinking about the second greatest commandment where it talks about love your neighbor as yourself. So the self is not omitted. You've got the self in there and which comes first in a sense, because then you have something as I say to pour out if you've already taken care of pouring in, you know, to yourself. So I think that's an important concept that you articulated that women often miss and don't pay attention to. So Wendy, I know that there are a lot of uh, hardships. There are a lot of challenges that come into all of our lives. We talked a little bit about some of those challenges and mistakes in, in Todd's life. What about challenges, mistakes, or what other people might even call failures that you've experienced, but you would say have enriched your life? Well, I've had a few, Dr. Karen, <laughs> but I think that uh, those quote unquote failures are growth opportunities and we get to choose to either become bitter or better. And um, I have had a failed marriage myself. I have been through a bankruptcy, many things that I have quote unquote failed at, but I feel like I'm, I'm not upset about it. I don't know that. I mean, it's not like I would wish any of it on anyone, but I'm not upset about it because I know who I am in Christ today 
And I wouldn't be here where I am had I not gone through the experiences that I went through. And so there's no shame, there's no condemnation, where a lot of people stay stuck in that kind of space. I feel like, no, because I went through that, I can actually speak from experience and hopefully help others overcome and see things differently before they maybe make that same choice that I made and help them live a better life. So I can speak from authority in in some of those instances. And I guess the great part is sometimes we stop somewhere, but it doesn't mean we get stuck in the place where we stop. We're just passing over to the next place and it becomes almost like a propellant in a way to, to take us to the next place in our journey. And I love the way you said it's a growth opportunity more than it is a failure. And that's an important mindset and a way for people to think about things in a productive way, I guess I would say, because God uses everything as we've been talking about before, you know, for our good ultimately. So thank you, Wendy, for saying that. So now I'm turning to both of you and I want to know, (laughs) how did the two of you meet and how was your courtship and subsequent marriage unique? From most. <laughs> well. So this was a few years back. In fact, it was uh, 15 and a half years. 14 and a half. That's what I meant, 14 and a half years ago. <laughs> so Wendy and I both were at uh, a National Religious Broadcasters Convention in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And I had uh, been involved in a whole bunch of things. Wendy was involved more in like the, the TV area. And she was uh, being kind of shown around by a radio station manager friend of mine. So I happened to hear my name being called across the lobby, and here was my friend David with this beautiful woman. And he said, Todd, Todd, come on over here. Come on here. And so I I traipse across the lobby, and I I go, and he said, i got to have you meet Wendy. And so he introduced Wendy to me, and I find out she's from here, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So we did the little chit-chat thing. And then she wanted to know, you know, if, if I, no, I think I asked you what, what you do for a living. You talked about fitness and exercise and coaching and all that good stuff. And, and he was totally into and that. I, yeah. And I, I love trying different things. And when she's trying to describe her style with these, these visibly fit exercises, I'm thinking that is really different. So she was demonstrating the bicep curl and she had me doing it. And when I was doing it. She wanted to test to see if I was putting a lot of tension on my muscles. So when she touched my muscle, (laughs) I felt like, wow, that was like an electric charge that went through me. I didn't get, I didn't get that. She didn't get that. I felt that. He got it. (laughs) Uh, And that was pretty cool. So we finished our little chit chat stuff and I got her information because she, I wanted to know more about her business and her old style of coaching and whatnot. So I ended up sharing this with my daughter when I got back home, and uh, she said, well, Dad, we should maybe hire Wendy to train us for a few sessions. And I thought, huh, that would be interesting. (laughs) So I let it sit for a little while, and then we did. uh, Actually, Stephanie got a hold of Wendy, and uh, Mm -hmm. we set up an arrangement for her to come to the home here and train us for five sessions. Yeah. And I thought, oh, let's see what she's got for me. I mean, I'm an athlete. I, I don't know if she's really going to show me, but she sure is pretty, so I don't mind her being here. So he was he was sweating so hard. Oh, I worked him out oh, like you wouldn't she, believe because he, he thought it. it was kind of a joke. Like, yeah. I mean, I've trained professional yeah. athletes that also thought, oh, this is 
kind of a joke, you know, and they're just sweating bullets. So you, you just yeah. don't realize how, how hard the body can work until you've got someone that's really monitoring how, how much you're flexing and tensing and how much, uh, body weight resistance you're yeah. using all that stuff for different yeah. exercises, but it was fun. And we kind of had googly eyes evidently. And, um, yeah, we ended up going out on a date. Well, we took some time after that. I, I yeah, do remember well, I was, we had a, I was we, yeah, rushing we, the story along. Yeah. <laughs> so, so during one of the sessions, my daughter asked, so how old are you, Wendy? And when Wendy gave her age, I, I thought not that she looks older. I thought she was older when she gave her age. I thought, oh man, that's like really young. <laughs> Because there's there's a couple of years there's there's us. an age difference between us and so I just kind of thought well okay but a few weeks went by and I couldn't you know get her off my mind and I ended up we ended you up going out. out on a date and it was it was I was surprised that she said yes and she was surprised that I asked her so that was a good sign and um, we went on a few more dates and then it started to progress yeah and we really just hit it off. We had fun. And I ended up um, doing a series of fitness videos and I invited Todd to be on these videos, which is hilarious. I should send them to you, Dr. Karen. Uh, this was prior to us dating, but my mom um, because we went to Texas and um, my mom could tell already the chemistry between us. And she'll talk about that today, but we kind of knew that we were, you know, interested, but we didn't know where it would go, but that's where it kind of all started. Yeah. But my mother knew before we did really, mm -hmm. we were just careful, but we did feel like we were soulmates. We just yeah. really connected at a really deep level, especially spiritually. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And we courted Dr. Karen for five and a half years. Now that was not by my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's a few years difference between us. And so not everyone is going to be on board with that because it's not the norm. And even for us, I, I wasn't looking for someone who is more, uh, mature. more mature in that many years uh, as me, and you weren't looking for someone as my age. So the beauty is I'm just immature enough, and so she's just mature enough where it actually kind of balance balances each other. out. You know? <laughs> so we honestly just fell in love head over heels, but we had a courtship that was a godly courtship for five and a half years. And so I say that because that's very important. We yeah. were both married before. And we had this courtship that we just did not want to cross the line. We wanted to do this uh, in a God-honoring way and honor one another. And we know that God has really blessed that. Um, we've been married almost nine years. It'll be nine years December. And um, it's just been beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And I believe that's one of the reasons. Wow, what a great story. And I love the fact that, you know, opposites attract, even including eight sometimes that can yes. be an unexpected <laughs> opposite that God might use. And I'm also hearing there's a pastor that's been on my show before. His name is Pastor Gakura. He's from Rwanda. And he talks about this concept that's called destiny helper. And as I'm hearing your story, I'm seeing that the man who introduced the two of you at that conference or convention, he was a destiny helper. Todd, your daughter was a destiny helper. And then your mom was a destiny helper. So, I mean, this is just amazing how it all worked out. And you didn't decide in a frivolous sort of a way. You gave it time and you, you gave God time to confirm it in so many other aspects as well. I think that's an important part of your story to, to wait in God's timing for how things 
work out. So this is wonderful. I will say that um, God's timing, the wait could have been quicker, um, but we kept waiting <laughs> yeah. for, honestly, family yeah. family <clears throat> approval, yeah. if you want to know. Mm-hmm. So that actually never happened until we decided to get married. So that was one of those things where it was, okay, what what is at stake here? And do we believe that God is in this and he can work in the hearts of everyone or involved? Or are we doing this in a selfish way? We just really had to ask, is this the right thing to do? And and yes, I mean, we really are good for one another. And people have seen that and all family members have have come yeah. um, to grow and appreciate our relationship. Yeah, I it, was, it, I it mean, was a struggle. In all honesty, it, it was a painful time. Yeah. Because I'm sort of the nucleus of our family. So with siblings and and kids and all of that mixed in there, people not understanding where this thing came from and where it was going to go. And uh, it just caused Wendy and I to really, in an honorable way, just delay and wait, thinking that, well, they're going to come come around. around. They they didn't come around. So I, I literally was faced with, Wendy has incredible faith. It's one of the things that really attracted me to her is just she's very optimistic, very faith-filled, and she could see it coming together at some point. I could not. So I felt like there was a lot at risk here if I if I said, let's get married, and I'm going to lose my family. Belief and, is one of my top five strengths. So maybe yeah, that's part of it. And it I just really us. believed yeah. that the, the family would come around, that yeah. we would, that it would all work out. And praise God it has. Yeah. But yeah. You know, there's several things in here that are so profound and One of them is that as God is leading us in anything that we're doing, sometimes we won't really see the true result until we take the step of faith. And so you saw certain things and there were other things you didn't get to see until you finally said, okay, let's commit, let's get married. And then God does the rest of the work in terms of bringing the family around and all of that. And he used even then your complimentary gifts, like, you know, Wendy, you were just talking about belief. So I want you to just talk about just what are some of those differing gifts that complement each other in your relationship and in your marriage? Well, Todd is very type A. (laughs) Let's go. Let's get it done. (laughs) And I'm more of um, adventure. uh, Well, I mean, you're adventure too, but I'm more just kind of I don't have to have all the dots on the I's and the T's crossed. It crossed. It can just be fly by the seat of our pants sometimes. Yeah, I'm a planner. Like, he's a planner. And, uh, she I can likes, be. Yes, you can be. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we, you know, we've we've adjusted to that because rather than me try to make her a planner or her make me less of a planner, we've just decided. Well, this is who we are, and this is how we function at our best. I don't want that taken away from Wendy. And she doesn't want that taken away from me. So because we have that mutual respect and recognize that this is how she functions at her best, then we're good to go. Yeah. And I I do appreciate the way he's prepared and planned. Like I have a great appreciation for that. It's not how I'm wired, but I do strive to become a little more, you know, organized like him. And yet he is, I, I think... You're, you're inspired by my spontaneity. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Wendy's, if you colored the personalities, and I guess there's a personality color chart, she's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a combination of green, blue, and black. So Wendy is uh, like very magnetic. We could be standing in line at the airport 
And within three minutes, I'm overhearing a person pour out their life story to Wendy. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I just uh, love people. And yeah. he's like, well, we're never going to see them I'm, again. Yeah. I don't care. I'm always thinking, I, I you really, know, yeah. I care about people and want like, to hear them out. I got a pretty long <laughs> list of friends. I think I'm good. I'd probably never <laughs> see this person again. So, so that's one of the differences. And at first, it was a little bit irritating. Until I realized I really ought to be more like Wendy and that like people more and he, be more you know accessible with he, strangers. Yeah, he laughs because I'll say, Hi, how are you? And yeah. he's like, Why do you always say how are you? I'm like, Because I genuinely care. How yeah. are you? He's like, But they're not gonna say how they really are. Except with her they really except do. Except they do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wendy, I can relate to that so much because the same thing happens with me. And sometimes it'll be troubled people. They could be at the airport. They could be at the corner store and my husband's with me and I'll be like a magnet. They'll come in my direction and have a conversation. It's a ministry opportunity where God mm -hmm. allows me to, to be able to pour some encouragement into their life at that moment. Or sometimes I'm out with my sister who's back East and she'll say, People always keep coming up here talking to you. You have a welcome light. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's a welcome light. But, you know, I, I think that God does work in all of these mysterious ways with the differences between us. My husband and I are very different from each other as well. And I say more and better together because we can cover a lot more of the waterfront because of the differing gifts than what would happen if we were exactly the same. Because then there's a whole bunch that's not addressed and we don't even have a way to respond because that gifting is not in the marriage. But the good news is between the two of you, there are more giftings operating and you can cover more ground. So that's really profound. So let me ask this. How do you keep your marriage solid? What is it that you're doing? Well, we keep lots of humor <laughs> going in the marriage. Todd's actually very funny and he's always keeping me laughing. And, and while he says he's not much of a people person, he likes to be the center of, of attention. <laughs> yeah, he likes to put on a show. So um, he's just funny. And so I think that's a big piece of the, of, of the equation, especially if I've had a tough day or if he's had a tough day, we end up just laughing about it instead of attempting to take it out on one another. We give each other grace, and then we end up just laughing. And I feel like that's a gift. Yeah, when those moments arise where we're not agreeing on something, at some point, if it's starting to really get tense, one of us will do something, usually me, yeah. just throw the other thing off, the other person off track, and just go in a different direction and end up really then examining the thing we're differing about and realizing how stupid it is and how small, and we can laugh about it. Though that is a big leverage point in our marriage. Honestly, the, the thing that works best for us is spending time together with God in the morning. In our prayer chairs. It, when, we're, yes. when we're home together, we're not that's, traveling. That's, that's like priority number one. We can't wait to you know just get in our chairs together and read the Bible and talk about what we're learning and pray together. And honestly, I think, I think God is just honored that he sees the love that Wendy has for him and it transfers into love for me and vice versa. And it's strengthened during that time together. Ooh, I love that. That is just so beautiful. Your prayer chairs. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Maybe people uh, who are listening to this might create some of their prayer chairs as well. So are the two of you sitting next to each other in the prayer chairs? No, about, we're not. It did sound like six that. Six feet distance has nothing to do with COVID, but we have about six feet between us. No, we've and, got... Uh, um, they're, yeah. little, they're little swivel rockers, and uh, her little stack of books is over by her side, mine on my side. 
Yeah. And we've got a beautiful view that uh, we, we watch the, the wildlife and um, I don't know, it just, it just really works for us in the summer. We're out on the deck. Yeah. It's, it's really a gift because I know a lot of people don't have that right. time. Um, you know, they're rushing out in the morning to get to their job. So I would um, highly recommend any couple, whether it's the beginning of the day or the end of the day to make that time and that space for just that, that time with the Lord together. And even if it's 15 minutes, I mean, that can go a long ways and to pray together. Okay. So are you reading the same thing? Are you talking to each other and praying to God? Or are you doing things like a parallel play, as we say, separate, uh, just in the same room? It really depends on the season. I mean, yeah. we have two different devotionals uh, that we're reading from. And sometimes if it's a good one, I'll say, oh, I got to read this one out loud. And so I'll read it out loud to him or vice versa. But we do read God's word together and out loud. So we're on the same page uh, literally yeah. with God's word. And then we discuss it. And Todd is so smart. I mean, he went to seminary. He knows the word and he can he can break it down into such simple terms that um, I'm just so grateful because sometimes it's way over my head and he just breaks it down and I'm like, oh, that's how that is. And it just helps. I mean, it's a, it's a rich experience and, it, and it's fun and it's enlightening for both of us. And especially when we're reading God's word out loud, and we'll stop and we'll maybe make a comment or we'll ask a question. Dig deeper. And, uh, yeah, it, it just works. So we, we kind of mix it up like that, but that's usually the routine that we go through. Wonderful. So I know that that is one of the ways that you are practicing what the scripture says about iron sharpening iron. How else do you sharpen one another in a good way? Not your machetes and stuff, but how do you make that work? Well, Todd is an incredible encourager, and I think I encourage you as well. I think you're a greater encourager than I am at times, but I believe that that's how we sharpen one another. We will not only call one another out when we're not leveling up to our our greatest potential, but we will, and and have respect in in hearing that, that, that constructive criticism, but we will also encourage one another uh, like say, you know, he just did a podcast with you or something. I would encourage him and say, cause I would be listening or something and say, oh my goodness, you sounded really, really great on point and just lift one another up instead of being demeaning or condescending or any of that. Cause that's, yeah. I think the, yeah. And the other way we sharpen each other is we're able to bust each other on yeah, yeah. stuff that we know we want to be busted on because Wendy knows me so well and I know her so well. And I know when she's performing at her peak, and if she drops below that, I know she's not happy with that. But if I bring something to her attention in that regard, rather than or fight vice about versa, it, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> that opens up a place of discussion and then making some decisions. She will bust me much more directly, I think, than I bust her. <laughs> like one time you over, like one of the first times was I, I, I'm on the phone. And I'm really intense with my staff, and I'm kind of walking back and forth. And she's observing all of this, and I'm sort of exercising my, you know, authority with the team. And when I got off the phone, she goes, "Did you hear yourself on that call? Who are you?" <laughs> it's like I stopped and went, "Yeah, what was that all about?" And so we were able to talk about it. And I literally thanked her. It's like getting a cold glass of water in the face. Sometimes you just need your partner to bring something to your attention. Where you know that's not my best. That's not who I am. So we try to pull that out of each other in the process of busting each other. 
it's not busting each other for the purpose of tearing down. It's for oh, no. building up and building calling up. to that higher calling in each of you. And it makes me think, you know, Proverbs 31, where it talks about the wife and the wonderful wife, really, it talks about how that her husband trusts in her. And part of it, you get this picture that he knows that she's going to do him good all the days of his life. So if we think about it in both directions, no matter what you're saying to each other, it's for the purpose of doing the person who's your partner, doing them good all the days of their life. And that's what I'm hearing. And that theme of encouragement is so huge that you're talking about as well. So thank you for sharing that because people can take that away and figure out how they can add that to their marriage. So often we're looking for what's wrong in a negative teardown sense, but you're saying, no, I know my spouse wants to live at this level. And what I see right now is they may be operating here. I'm going to give them some feedback so that they can rise up, you know, so that they can rise up. I think that's really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. I think too, because there's a, there's an underlying level of trust for Wendy and I, and, and that's because we've been very honest with each other. We don't hide anything from each other. That allows us to really know each other really well and trust each other really well. And that spills over then into being able to communicate. And I mean, everybody knows that communication is one of the biggest challenges in a marriage. And if you, if you don't learn each other's communication style and you don't communicate often and honestly, then you're going to end up going different directions. This keeps us going the same direction when we're able to communicate. And we even got you know a few little ground rules in our communication. Yeah. Like when the What's sun that? goes down. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> when the sun goes down, you can forget about it. We're not discussing anything <laughs> that's going to be Nothing, emotional. Yeah, no, and that know. was that was something I really had to learn because I really want to get this solved so I can get some rest. <laughs> and he's like, nope, nope, because we're not in our, our best and we'll probably say something that we would regret later. And let's just have a clear head in the morning and discuss it. So uh, the first couple of times that happened, uh, it was a rough night's sleep. But now I'm like, okay, I'm at peace with that. And it does make sense. And I'm like, you're right. And they, we always have a better uh, discussion when we have that fresh um, attitude and good night's rest and um, can go about it uh, the new morning. Well, you both know that you will have the follow-up conversation. I think so often a couple might say, well, let's address this tomorrow and then tomorrow never comes. And that, of course, erodes trust and that makes it difficult. However, if you have the conversation the next day and it's better than if you had picked the evening time when one of you may not be an evening person, then you say, oh, okay, this, this works. This is better. We will eventually get to it. So you both see a lot of married couples. So what issues do you think are affecting marriages today? Well, he just mentioned communication. <clears throat> it's such a big one. There's even omission of, of something is a lie, right? Um, so when people are not even fessing up to certain things that are going on, they're lying to their spouse. And so we are very open, like you said, and trusting, and we have great dialogue and discussion. And I think that that is so important. And so um, understanding, again, the, the love language, the communication style, all of that will help a marriage stay um, stronger and will allow that 
to unfold as it should, because we're, we're still two individual people. Yes, we are married and we're as one, but we're still two different people. I mean, I was brought up in a different home than he was. I mean, I was brought up in the South. I was <laughs> brought up in Texas. He's in Minnesota, two different worlds, but we come to appreciate uh, one another. And so when we talk with couples and pray with them and help support them alongside of their uh, issues in their marriage, that's, that tends to be the biggest thing is how are you communicating with one another? And let's, let's see if we can correct that first and, and give one another grace uh, in, in this space, you know, because again, we're two individuals, just like the people that we're talking with are two individuals. So how do you come together collectively with two different um, backgrounds and insights and have grace and understanding? I think a couple of other things that really handicap couples today, and we're always tempted to be handicapped by the same things, and that is pride and selfishness. Uh, you know, we start to live our lives for ourselves and begin to forget about doing things for our spouse that would help them become a better person because become become very self-absorbed. And in the process of be of having a lot of pride and and a lot of self-absorption, we begin to take things for granted in a marriage. And, you know, that familiar phrase, familiarity breeds contempt. Well, it shouldn't. If you work on serving your spouse, if you are intentional about staying creative in your relationship so that it doesn't just get to be the same old, same old. And that takes effort. It takes creativity, intentionality, planning, execution, or you just slip into this place of, and everything's the same, take it for granted, and pretty soon, you know, he or she doesn't look as interesting as they used to. And that, uh, man, that's a dangerous place to go because Mm -hmm. then you're exposing yourself to other opportunities that uh, an enemy might bring your way to get you distracted. Yeah, and we also um, really encourage couples to never go about, and I know you have a, an, an audience that are entrepreneurs or uh, are executives, and they may have a lot of meetings and, and that kind of thing, but never to go about those meetings just one-on-one. Uh, there needs to be a third party, and maybe even it's, if it's driving to a meeting and there's just one other person that's the opposite sex in the car, that's not okay. And the reason is, is because we're all human, and it's too easy just to kind of move into a a conversation that unlocks an emotion and then all of a sudden you get you get sucked in and you don't realize and so having that third party around at all times is important if you're around an opposite sex so you're starting to talk now about an issue that's of great interest to me and that is what is unique for example for the executive high-powered executive person or maybe even the executive couple, because there are some additional challenges that they have to think about and have to be concerned about in marriage. And one of them, of course, is that, of course, in the work setting, you do have relationships and connections, work partners, you know, people of the opposite sex, and you're giving your advice and counsel to put up some guardrails and some ways to protect the marriage, because you could be on a bad day when maybe you just you know, weren't too happy with your spouse that morning. And now all of a sudden, this person is saying some wonderful affirming things and that could get you off track. So you're saying, be proactive, have a third party there is one of the things you're talking about. What else is particularly challenging for that executive person or even the dual career executive couple? 
Well, I think, again, it goes, it goes back to what is of interest to me in my life. And typically, that's me and my work. <laughs> and it applies both ways, both sexes. But I'll just talk to men for a minute. Because men get, can get easily confused, especially executives who, have, who are high-powered and they've got a lot of responsibility and a lot of authority. It's easy if you're in a career path where you're doing the same thing for a number of years with great excellence and success because what happens is the perception is you are what you do instead of being able to separate that identity from what you do. Personally, just I learned this in my business. It took me quite a few years, but my business name and me were wrapped together so tightly that I started to believe that fundraising is who I am. And God showed me I'm not a fundraiser. It is what I do. And so I just want to just encourage executives to be really careful that we maintain the right identity, that that our position or our job or our company is not who we really are. When that overshadows who we are, that's, I think, when we're tempted to become so driven for succeeding in our lives, we forget about our spouse. Mm-hmm. We come home and and I've just got this thing running in my head and I forget that my spouse in what she's been doing all day long may have the same kinds of challenges or temptations. So I think it's an even greater responsibility and privilege for a husband to show his wife as much interest in who she is and what she does as he does in his own life. Really important. Yeah, that is huge because you talked about the challenge and also why it's a problem. Because if you're focused too much on the career as your identity, then you neglect the spouse and the marriage and the home. And so that's the watch out there. I know we're almost running out of time. So I want to get to a few things. What impact do you really want to make in the world as a couple and as you are pouring into and building into the lives of other couples? You know, we really want to be just good examples, uh, just a good role model for what marriage is. Uh, really is to look like. And it's not perfect. There's no marriage that's perfect. So we don't want to uh, put that out there that we're perfect. But I think we're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect couple, uh, yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, tongue in cheek. <laughs> no, but but we um, have ways that we work through our, our issues. And I think that's important to be able to talk through and be that example for others. So we re- really just want to help others see that they can make it through and that there is always a solution and to get them back to how they were attracted to each other to begin with. Like you're, you were together for a reason and let's go back to the beginning spot where you met and let's bring that back to the surface again and have that bubble over with the joy and the, the anticipation and, and just the excitement of one another again, instead of like what Todd said, getting so lost in the idolatry of, of an identity and, and a work position that you lose sight of what life is really about. And it's about your, you know, uh, God, your, your, your spouse, your family, your, your community. So I think Wendy and I too are, uh, we, we can provide some credibility to other couples about what works and what doesn't work right. because we've, we've, we've had marriages that did not work. We both experienced real pain and growth opportunities. Yeah. And so when we see trouble in a marriage, we can speak almost as the visionary for that couple. It's either going to go this way if you'll get on board or it's going to go that way. And the reason you don't want to go that way, and then Wendy and I can address that personally, just from the pain that people can go through, through broken relationships, uh, 
and because we can address that from our own experience, I think it allows others to hear it a little bit more easily. And I also really um, have a, a passion to help people release uh, unhealthy and negative emotions that are keeping them stuck to begin with individually and collectively as a, as a married couple, because so often we are stuck in bitterness, resentment, anger, pride, all the things that are just ugly. And those are low vibrational frequency uh, emotions. We, we want to level up. We want to uh, elevate our, our frequency, if you will, and have joy and, and just a harmonious relationship. And, and that just takes a release of those negative emotions that aren't serving you or our creator. And so that's a real big passion of mine because your body does know uh, what you're thinking and what you're feeling and it will uh, show up at the cellular level. So I want people healthy and well. It manifests itself. So you're starting to talk about even a piece of what you might share with couples who are struggling, you know, instead of focusing on these negative thoughts, and vibrations, really thinking about, you know, what's going right or thinking about the joy or thinking about remembering their first love, so to speak, and going back to that in a way. So what else would you suggest for struggling couples? I do love just to reiterate, going back to the beginning of your relationship. If you remember, you read the Psalms and you see David constantly calling out to God when he's in need and he's got a problem, but he generally goes back to something where he saw God intervene. He recalls to mind the times where there were victories in his life because of what God did. And I think it's important for a couple to go back to those points in time along those years of marriage where there have been victories and celebrations and relive those because I really think it can rekindle the fires that are starting to dwindle. So that is a big part of staying healthy and advancing the relationship further. But yeah. get counsel. Yeah. It's important to have good counsel. Uh, yeah. Even, even identifying couples around you that are doing really, really well, and then meeting with them as a couple or meeting with them individually and finding out, so what are the secrets for your incredibly good marriage? And that way there is even a little added accountability, which I think is so important if people are struggling in their marriage and there's nobody else but the two of them that are helping them, it's going to be a real challenge. It's going to be tough to battle that on your own. Very good point. So how can people reach you? Tell us how they can reach you, how they can get the books and name the books again and name the podcast so people can listen. Love you to tune into your biggest breakthrough. And it's uh, it's all about people whose lives have been going through a transformation. Then you might be able to relate to some of the things that uh, have happened with our guests. They're very inspiring, incredibly encouraging. So we'd love to have you check your biggest breakthrough. You can find that on any of the, uh, the audio platforms. My book is uh, What Every Man Needs to Know, How to Master Your Faith, Family, Fitness, and Finances. And that's available on Amazon. And then my website, toddisburner.com. And that's I-S-B-E-R-N-E-R, toddisburner.com. Yes, and you can also check out my podcast called Visibly Fit. And uh, that's obviously what we were talking about at the beginning, uh, about being fit, mind, body, and spirit. And so you'll hear different guests on the show as well as individual just shows that I do on my own, but I think you'll be blessed by those and encouraged and inspired to take uh, your health to the next level. And then I do have a television show. Um, you know, it's all on my website. So go there. It'd be easiest just to go there at wendypet.com and that's W-E-N-D-I-E-P-E-T-T.com. 
Thank you for sharing those resources. And I can certainly attest that there's a lot of good, valuable content on both of your websites. And I benefited from some today. So I'll encourage people to go as well. So what I want to do in closing the show today, and first I want to thank you, Todd and Wendy, for being here with me and sharing your life and your experiences with our audience today as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I will say this, no matter what's happened in your life up to this point, God is still at work. He still has a purpose and a vision for you. And if you will go back to your first love, him first, and then allow that first love to also help you look at the relationship and the marriage and what you loved and liked about it, and to build on the positive, to become trusted partners for each other and recognize God has put you together because of your complimentary gifts. And he has work that he wants to do through both of you. So I'm going to share a few verses that come from Genesis, the first chapter and starting with verse 26. And it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And what I want people to hear in this is that God called husband and wife together as a unit to lead, called them together to make a difference on the earth. And when he says, be fruitful and multiply, it's not only your own children, but you're being fruitful and you're multiplying across the earth to bring more people into God's kingdom, people who know him. So think about how it's no accident that you are with your spouse and God is doing something great because of the two of you and the way he's wired you. So thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.